What's up, everybody? My name is Athena, and you're listening to Vanished in the Valley. Today, we're going to talk about a missing persons case. We're going to talk about this story that's kind of circulating online right now about 35,000 children that were either dead, dying, malnourished, that were found in the tunnels under Washington, D.C., We might have a couple side rants because, as you know, I just can't fucking help myself. So sit back and get ready for this. So I had been researching the abduction of Samantha Clark for today's episode, but there's kind of been an update and slash change to her case. Apparently, the remains of a girl named Alexis Murphy were found in early December last year. Now, the reason I bring Alexis up is because Randy Taylor, the man who was charged with killing her, was slash is a suspect in Samantha Clark's abduction slash missing case. Well, the police have actually reclassified her case as an abduction and murder case. There seems to be some new evidence out but they haven't actually announced what that evidence is. So what I'm going to do is tell you the story of Samantha Clark and Alexis Murphy, and hopefully somebody out there knows something about Samantha Clark, then they can call the police and let them know so we can get this fucking Randy Taylor nasty ass. Maybe get him the death penalty because that's all he deserves is I don't know. I don't think they have the electric chair in Virginia, but at least a hot shot and get his ass in the ground. So sit back and let's start with Samantha Clark. 19-year-old Samantha Ann Clark was last seen just after midnight, September 14th, 2010, at her home in Orange, Virginia. Her little brother was the last one to see her. She left the house that night and was never seen again. The police do suspect foul play. Her mom, Barbara Tender, had actually already left the house earlier that night to go to her job. She worked an overnight shift. And her daughter, Samantha, who at the time was 19, was in her PJs, just sitting there watching TV in the living room with her brother, Hunter, who was 12 at the time. So Barbara's working and she sees her cell phones ringing. This is around 1230 that night. But because she's on the clock, she can't actually answer the phone. So she says once she got her break at 1.30 a.m., she called Hunter. And he said, quote unquote, sissy left. Barbara then goes on to say, he said she'd been downstairs watching TV in her pajamas, just like she was when I had left for work, but ran up the steps and said she was leaving. Hunter then told his mom he didn't know where Samantha had gone. Barbara would later find Samantha had changed out of her pajamas and put on different clothes. So she did actually intend on leaving. So it's not like she just ran out of the house in her PJs. So the only other thing besides Samantha that was missing that night was her house key. Her mom, Barbara, says it was extremely strange for her to leave the house in the middle of the night. Samantha normally would not do something like that. She didn't go outside of the house after dark by herself, Barbara told Dateline, adding that there was no public transport available at that time of night in that neighborhood. Her mom says she figured she would be back. 
So right away, that is like leading me to believe somebody had to like maybe come and pick her up. Somebody called her maybe, made plans to come pick her up, go out. Who knows? But I highly doubt this girl is going to be like going outside, walking down some dark ass street at midnight by herself. So I'm thinking somebody actually had to come and physically pick Samantha up. So Barbara didn't get home from work until about 7 in the morning, and that was September 14th. And at that point, Samantha had not returned. Barbara goes on to say, I went into the house and got Hunter up and took him to school. She's told this to Dateline. I lay down to get a little bit of rest and hoped she'd be back by the time I woke up. But when she woke up a few hours later, Samantha still had not returned home. Barbara says at this point is when she started to get worried. She says, I went to go to the police department to report her, but they told me I had to wait 48 hours to file a missing persons report. Now, here's where we get a little bit of he said, she said. The Orange Police Department Chief James Finwick told Dateline that Barbara was given misinformation. He says, Barbara reached out to another jurisdiction who said you have to wait 48 hours, but that is not correct, Chief Fenwick told Dateline. She then came directly to us. We did not get the case until the 15th. We've been working it nonstop ever since. So I'm not sure who told Barbara that she had to wait 48 hours. But I just wish, could we do a fucking PSA and get it out to every home in the United States that you do not have to wait 48 hours in any missing person's case to report it. The sooner, the better. And don't be worried that, you know, hey, this was just going to waste the cop's time and my kid is going to turn up a couple hours later. No, fuck that. It's That's what they're paid to do. If it wastes a couple of hours of police time, then so be it. Because if on the flip side, it is a kidnapping or, a, you know, runaway situation, the sooner the police are on it, the more likely it is and the better chances they have of actually getting a good outcome in the situation. So, fucking Athena vanished in the valley PSA, everyone. Don't fucking wait 48 hours. Report that shit stat style. <laughs> so meanwhile, while the police were doing nothing because they refused to take a report right away, Barbara says she and her sister have been driving through town trying to find Samantha. So Barbara goes on to say, it was too late by then. God knows where she could have been. I've talked to a couple of girls who she was real close to, and they hadn't heard from her or seen her. I still have no answers. Chief Fenwick told Dateline his detectives also spoke with people who knew Samantha. He said the investigation is focused on the folks who she had recently become acquainted with. He said there's a new group of people who she had met the week before. One of the people in that group, Chief Fenwick said, was then 45-year-old scuzzy-ass Randy Taylor. Through phone records, Chief Fenwick says the authorities are certain Randy was the last one to talk to or see Samantha. Randy's been a suspect since day one, as with everyone in that group of people. Because they're the last ones to speak with her, 
and other things that he can't go into, Chief Fenwick told Dateline. So Barbara told Dateline her daughter was not friends with Randy Taylor, but she does feel he is responsible for her disappearance. Barbara told NBC affiliate WVIR, I think Randy took her. He called my house six times that night and he admits that he was the last one to see her. How are you going to say you were the last one to see her if you don't know where my child is? So about three years after Samantha's disappearance, Taylor was back on the police radar when 17-year-old Alexis Murphy disappeared from nearby Lovingston, Virginia. Alexis was last seen on surveillance footage at a gas station with skinky-ass Taylor. The Nelson County Sheriff's Office, the Virginia State Police, and the FBI launched a joint investigation, which resulted in the arrest of Randy Allen Taylor, who was in charge with the abduction of Alexis Murphy on August 11th. And that's according to a Nelson County Commonwealth's attorney press release. A jury later found skanky-ass Randy guilty of first-degree murder in the commission of an abduction and abduction with the intent to defile in connection with Alexis Murphy's disappearance. Taylor is now 53 and he's serving two life sentences at the Red Onion State Prison in Pound, Virginia. So this is where we're getting to Alexis Murphy. Her remains were actually found last year, December 3rd, 2020 on skanky Randy's property. And basically right now it's kind of a developing story. There's not a lot of details out, but there is a reason behind it. The authorities let the family know that they had actually found Alexis's remains and they wanted to give them time to grieve before actually announcing it to the public. That's why there's such a big gap there because all this information just dropped in the last day or two. Alexis's family now has closure in the case and Randy is off the street, but if he somehow gets tied and proven tied to Samantha's abduction and murder, it's like, can we just fucking put this guy out of our misery and stop forking out taxpayer money to feed this piece of shit every single day and night? Fuck that. He needs to have the death penalty fucking like two years ago. He's a danger to everybody. And it's like, okay, sure, he's locked up. He's fucking on death row, all of that good shit. I'm sorry. No, I, he needs to feel the terror of knowing that his life is about to be taken. I don't know. Maybe I'm fucking just kind of crazy. But if there's two girls we know about, think of the girls we don't know about. Think of the girls that weren't ever reported missing or the ones that were never even connected to Randy. That I'm sure he got his little grubby fucking toothless fucking... Oh, if you guys... I'll put a picture up. You'll fucking see. He looks like a fucking... I don't know, hill folk, hillbilly with three fucking teeth. He looks disgusting. And I just can't believe these poor girls saw him as the last person in their lives before their lives were actually taken by this scumbag. So as it is, Randy Taylor is serving the two life sentences for Alexis's abduction and murder. He's never been charged in connection to Samantha's disappearance. But Chief Fenwick told Dateline Samantha's case is, quote-unquote, still a top priority. 
The detective who was assigned to this case retired in 2015, but now he's back to work with us part-time, solely to work on this case. Fenwick is also stating they do not consider it an inactive or cold case. He says that it is still being worked on to this day. He also goes on to say, at this point, with the time frame and other aspects, we do suspect foul play in this case. And like I said, in the last couple of days, it was changed from an abduction missing case to an abduction murder case. Samantha's mom, like any mother, says she misses having Samantha around. She misses having Samantha at home with her. She misses her smiles, her laughs, the funny things she would say to make her laugh. Her mom says she was a happy girl. She would always stay happy. And if you were sad, she would find a way to make you happy. Samantha Clark is described as being five foot tall, weighing about 145 pounds, but this was way back when she disappeared eight years ago. She has brown hair and brown eyes. I'll definitely get a picture up on the Instagram of Samantha for you guys. She has a Playboy a bunny tattoo on her right arm, a Tigger tattoo on her right ankle, and two dolphin tattoos on her lower back. So if you guys know anything about her disappearance, like I always say, the smallest little tidbit of information, please contact the Orange Police Department at area code 540-672-1491. And if you want to get some information to the police, but you don't want to be connected to the case, you can contact me at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com. Or you can go to Instagram and search Vanished in the Valley Athena. Give me the information and I will let the police know and we will totally leave you out of it. The police don't have to know anything about you. But if you know something, please let's get this information over to the Orange Police Department so we can get justice for this family. Can you imagine how terrible it had to have been the last eight years for Samantha's mother to go to bed not knowing what happened to her daughter or where her daughter even is. And if her daughter has been murdered, like the police say, where's her body? She needs to have a proper funeral so her family can say goodbye to her. So please, again, let somebody know if you know anything about the Samantha Clark case. So before we get started on our next little topic, I did have to bring up this crazy admission by the U.S. government that just came out a few days ago. So according to UFOexplorations.com, the U.S. government has admitted it possesses UFO debris and it was recently made available to a Freedom of Information Act FOIA request. And the request was actually filed over three years ago by the author of the ufoexplorations.com article I'm getting this information from. In the reply letter, the U.S. Defense Intelligence Agency has ended decades of speculation by verifying that UFO material has indeed been recovered. Now, they are officially referred to as unidentified aerial phenomena rather than UFOs. Probably because the UFO title has kind of just been fucking run through the mud by everybody trying to discredit everyone saying that aliens exist. So they go on to say some of the material was placed with a defense contractor for analysis and storage 
in a quote-unquote specialized facilities. Incredibly, part of the information released discusses material with shape recovery properties, much like quote-unquote memory metal debris fallen at the Roswell UFO crash site in 1947. So based on documentation received, it appears that the retrieved debris exhibits other extraordinary capabilities. In addition to remembering their original form when bent or crushed, some of the materials have the potential to make things invisible. It compresses electromagnetic energy and even slows down the speed of light. Although much of the report details are redacted, what can be gleaned is that these technologies represent a literal quantum leap beyond the properties of all existing material known to man. So, where is the UFO debris held by the contractor? Nobody knows. Nobody's uh, letting out the contractor's name. Nobody's giving out location. So like I was just saying, the 2017 FOIA request made to the Defense Intelligence Agency asks for the physical descriptions, properties, and compositions of the unidentified aerial phenomena material held by the government and the contractor. The request is unambiguous in its meaning. It refers to the UFO slash UAP material and quote-unquote physical debris recovered by personnel of the Department of Defense as residue, flotsam, shot-off material, or crashed UAP, or unidentified flying object. You can go actually online. The FOIA is now on the internet. Um, just go to the website I was just telling you about, ufoexplorations.com, and that article will have a link, and they actually uploaded everything that the government sent to the author of that article. So there you have it. The government has literally, in writing now, said UFOs exist, and we have some of the material. So maybe some of the other shit is true. Like they found bodies of aliens in that crash site. They found one alien that was dead and one that was semi-alive and one that was alive without any problems. So if you look into that, apparently the one that was yes, in critical condition did die. They had no idea how to treat the alien. I mean, obviously you can't give it fucking, <laughs> you're not going to just put a bag of fluids on an alien. They probably don't even have the same type of blood or I guess, uh, fluids like a human would have. So the one that was in critical condition supposedly died. The one they found alive, I guess, lived for a few years, but then ended up dying as well. So maybe in the future, we'll have to have a little Vanished in the Valley episode about those specific aliens that were supposedly found at the crash sites. But who knows? We'll get into that. So now we're going to move on to this story that I guess appeared on the internet a few days ago about the 36,000 kids found dead, dying, malnourished in these tunnels under Washington, D.C. So first, let me just read you the article that's stirring all this uh, rumors up. So here we go. Get ready for this shit. So I'd actually run across this article a few days ago on Reddit, of all places. And right away, like, hella people were shooting it down. Other people were like, fuck yeah, it's totally real. 
And I didn't really think much of it. I read it and I was like, holy shit, if that's true, that's so all kinds of fucked up. But then one of our listeners, Mark, sent me the whole story again and I read it again and I was like, what is going on with this? This can't be true. I hope it's not true. Is this true? All these thoughts running in my head. So Mark, thank you for sending that to me. I'm glad I read it again and kind of addressed it because in like different conspiracy forums and websites, it's still being talked about. If you go and look at the fucking Mark Zuckerberg approved fact checkers, they immediately say it's false. Now, I'm kind of leaning towards it being a false story because the picture that accompanies the whole article is actually a picture that's been floating around on the internet since like 2013. So it's like, okay, why the fuck are you using pictures that have nothing to do with actual DC tunnels? But anyway, let me get you to this article. So the author starts by saying the post is very difficult for them to write. It took some time to confirm the happenings in D.C., but it was confirmed. He goes on to say that he'd seen some of these pictures with children in the tunnels. He says he can't put the pictures up on the website because they're too horrific. And then it goes on to say, Everyone has seen thousands of body bags waiting to be shipped. Now we all know why. There were still tunnels and dumps, and that's deep underground military base. Kind of like what I was talking about a few episodes ago with uh, <laughs> back in New Mexico. So that's what they're referring to as dumps, deep underground military base. So there were still tunnels and dumps all around the world that needed to be cleaned up. In the DC tunnels, there were thousands of children who were half alive and thousands that were dead. They had their organs harvested. Many many were half eaten. I've never seen anything like it. So he goes on to say the dumbs were there since George H.W. Bush ordered them built and have been used by every president and Congress since then up until Trump. He says Epstein, who is still in custody, informed the military about the tunnels. Epstein is continuing to give intel on the tunnels around the world. The military informed Trump in January. Trump then ordered the operation and moved out of the White House so they could go in and take care of it. That is why there's so many National Guard there. He's going on and he's saying a lot of people saw buses, vans, and cars going in and out of the White House and the Capitol building. The National Guard soldiers couldn't take the sight of all these children in that horrific state. Some of them started crying, and some just couldn't stop crying over it. The author of the article goes on to say that he was told that no anesthetic was given to the children when their organs were harvested because the pain and torture was enough to produce premium adrenochrome. There were adults in the dumps managing all of this, and they all have been arrested. Most were given tribunals and executed. A few were given life, and the author doesn't know why, and sent off to prisons. He goes on to say that there's many of these dumps all over the world and operations in progress as we speak to rescue the children in places like Greece and Australia and New Zealand. He says that nothing was compared to the operation in D.C. D.C. was the worst they had ever seen. 
He says there are plans in the works to bulldoze the White House, the Capitol, the Supreme Court building, and all of the buildings around them, and turn it back into the swamp it was before, and turn it into a bird sanctuary. D.C. will no longer exist. On a good note, Rothschilds and the other cabal members have been arrested and most were executed. On a very good note, get ready for ascension. It's coming. A much better world is coming. We will never allow this to happen again. So it's, I don't know if you've guessed it by now, but yeah, it's kind of QAnon article, QAnon leading the whole, you know, cabal of the rich elite people that are kidnapping kids, torturing them, harvesting adrenochrome, that kind of shit. So I just, I have a hard time believing it because I don't think that a, the White House is ever going to get bulldozed, the Supreme, none, I don't think any of that, the Capitol building, no, I don't think any of that is going to get bulldozed. But this stuff is being talked about in the dark, murky conspiracy corners of the internet. And like I said, I just wanted to let you guys know what's being whispered about right now. And just because we had been talking about the underground military base, and this is kind of connected to that. I don't know if you guys had seen any of these pictures of the supposed children in cages in these tunnels. Those were actually floating around a few weeks ago, but I thought the pictures actually kind of looked fake. I didn't buy it for a second. It looked like almost like a screenshot of a movie or something, but I didn't buy it for a second. So, I mean, fuck the fact checkers and what they say. I don't care if they say it's false or if they say it's true. I don't think it's true. There are real tunnels. If you want to fucking talk about real tunnels, let's talk about the fucking tunnels they keep finding from the United States side of the border to the Mexico side of the border. Those are the fucking tunnels we need to be worried about because it's already a proven fucking fact that those tunnels are being used to smuggle humans, smuggle drugs across the fucking border. And Mexico is the number one importer of sex slaves to the United States. So let that sink in. We already have tunnels that we know that are true and real. And I guarantee you, sex slaves have been moved through those tunnels before. So fuck all these dumbs all over the fucking country in the world. Let's worry about where all these sex slaves are coming from, Mexico, and try to eradicate that. Now, a lot of people are fucking totally against the border wall because they say it's hella racist or whatever bullshit they want to get on about. But if the wall is able to stop even fucking three traffickers, I'm all for it because human trafficking is modern day slavery. For some reason, the general public just wants to close their eyes and pretend like it's not an American problem. Even though I don't know if everybody knows this, they should if they listened to my show before, the United States is the number one consumer of child exploitation material of the world. So it is an American problem. There are sex slaves in America. There are slaves in America. So I just wish the public would take the blinders off and every man and woman over the age of fucking 18 years old would put their foot down and say no fucking more. It has to stop. The exploitation of people 
into trafficking is literally slavery. Somebody owns another human in the year 2020 in the United States of America. And it, I just, I don't know. I don't know why that's like not Biden's number one agenda to fucking clean up. But he's too busy fucking destroying jobs by cutting off the pipelines and worrying about all this fucking clean energy. Fuck all that. Let's stop all that bullshit and maybe let's start working on the sex trafficking problem the United States has. If you or someone you know has been trafficked, there is help. You can call one 373 7888 and they will help you. They'll help your friend, whoever you know, get away from the traffickers. I know it's got to be scary and I know it's fucking probably one of the hardest things you'll ever have to do, but call that phone number and they can get you help. I promise. So that's about it for this week's episode. I know we haven't done a knife pick of the week for a while. I'll try to get to that next week. (laughs) I know you're all fucking dying. Can't wait. But anyway, as I always tell you, be aware and don't forget your pepper spray. Ciao, ciao. Hey, everyone. If you are wondering how to become a producer of Vanished in the Valley, you can show some love through Cash App at Vanished Athena. Or if you go to the description on each episode, you will find a little link that says support Acast Vanished in the Valley. Support us like that if you want, and I will give you some producer credits. So that's what's up. Thank you guys. I appreciate it.